0: The Tom Woods Show, episode 1224. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Folks, if you agree with me that it is impossible to have a rational discussion about guns on social media these days, then you are going to love my brand new free ebook, Your Facebook Friends Are Wrong About Guns. It's full of all the arguments you'll ever need. Check it out at wrongaboutguns.com. Hey, everybody. Tom Woods here. Cody Wilson joins us once again. Cody Wilson is absolutely notorious, and he is just a media star. So cool, just cool as a cucumber on television when people are coming at him in really vicious and nasty ways. He is absolutely tremendous. You know about Cody because his company develops and publishes open-source gun designs. So we've been hearing an awful lot about 3D printing and guns. And Cody has been an absolute uh, immovable boulder uh, when it comes to this stuff. When he's interviewed, and uh, it's just a, just an interesting guy all around. His uh, his worldview, his activities, his media persona, I mean, just the way he handles the media, it's all part of a a, just a super fascinating package, somewhat inscrutable to me, and and I would like to know more about uh, Cody. I I know a little from our conversation last time and from what I've read, but I'm eager to learn more. So, Cody Wilson, welcome back to the show.
1: I'm happy to be here again. Thank you for having me.
0: Man, you just are unflappable. Like You will just stare down the beast and... You seem in no way perturbed. You're just in control of that situation, and it is extraordinary. I saw you on I don't know how many media outlets, and Fox News in particular. Isn't that funny? Fox News, they're the right-wingers. I'm sure Fox News gets no credit whatsoever from the left for standing up to you, but certainly, what was that guy, uh, Wallace? Wallace. Chris Chris Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who was just appalled that you weren't bending the knee that he kept saying, but but Cody, don't you get, and you kept saying, but Chris, look, this is the reality. You live in my reality now. There's no putting this toothpaste back in the tube. So why don't we instead talk about what life's going to be like with toothpaste out of the tube? There's no point in having this conversation. So I want to get into that because that whole media thing, that fascinates me, the, the way you handled that. But first, can you explain for the laymanist of the layman what it is that you've done? What because people hear open source and their eyes glaze. I don't even know what that means. So, mm-hmm, so talk mm-hmm. to a treat us like we're seven.
1: Mm. and Explain what you've done. This is this is difficult to unpack because a lot of what I've done is is a remix of things that were already online on the internet for many years. This may come as a surprise to even you, but I've been attacked by like twenty one states across the country. They're all suing me in different federal courts. And what are they suing me for? That I posted some gun blueprints on my website, DefCAD. But I knew that there'd be some resistance to this, so I posted gun blueprints, which are already simultaneously available on other websites and have been for many years. So it's a a case of mistaken, you know, it's like category errors. People believe that somehow they can lash the sea and that once reality is described to them that there's something legally they can do about it and it's just not possible. (laughs) So in a sense, I've only articulated what the current moment is in, in distinctly libertarian or anarchist terms, I've actually not contributed very much to the state of affairs, technically speaking. Although you'll know that we are the, the inventors of the quote-unquote 3D printed gun and some other technology, but those things did not contribute very greatly to the current conflict that I find myself in.
0: But all the same, this is, you know for better or worse, this is what you're associated with in the public eye, of course, as you know. Can you explain... Just the technical ins and outs of a 3D printed gun, because I think people might be under a false impression about what they could do if they had these plans, where they just sure, you know, sure. instantly have a gun that they could go out and start
1: shooting at people. Yeah, they, they surely are. Many people are mistaken, even people read up on it because there's so many media problems. Um, look, there are a class of guns that can be made on 3D printers with the right materials. Although these guns are pretty limited in what they can do, like our gun, the Liberator that we made over five years ago is famously a single shot pistol, you know, which with no extractor, certainly not semi-automatic, you'd have to, you basically break the gun every single time you use it. Um, and that's if it works. <laughs> so we're talking about a, a pretty crude object, but at the same time, it you know, we used it to great effect as a demonstration of the libertarian possibilities of, of digital manufacturing and and then the real work that I've done as a company and as a manufacturer and really as a file share is in the more mundane stuff. I've, I point to the 3D printer and the 3D printable files, but we all know in actuality that these are very limited and, and not very expansive. And while I'm pointing at that, I'm actually onboarding and spreading file sharing CAD files and CNC code and, and all the old 20th century stuff for common guns that really only manufacturers can duplicate. But still, it's, to me, it's something special about the DNA of the firearm and saying something about how the Second Amendment can be translated to the internet.
0: People have been saying that you are making possible the creation of undetectable so-called ghost guns. What's the answer to that?
1: Well, there's a conflation there because the gun safety, quote unquote, movement, right? Look at me crediting them in their own terms. But the gun controllers would basically have you not be able to distinguish between a conversation about metal detection and then firearms traceability in the traditional sense. like There's both the expectation in the discourse that firearms should have a serial number and you should know where they came from. Because, I don't know, up until last week, the discourse just didn't admit the possibility that there's any other way to get a firearm than purchasing it you know, from a registered dealer or manufacturer. Of course, there's a huge secondary channel of getting firearms, which is making them, and it's never been easier to make them. So we facilitate that. And then, of course, we have made a special class of firearms that can be made on 3D printers. And in some limited cases, if most of the parts are 3D printed, this actually does implicate a law called the Undetectable Firearms Act because these materials are mostly plastic and don't always show up on metal detection
0: i got to try and ask you the kind of question, I'm sorry, that Chris Wallace was asking, just because I want to see if I can
1: have more success in teasing
0: the answer than he did. Yeah, it because hit me.
1: Hit I mean, me. You, but Chris, but, you know, Chris was only going with these media no, tropes that we've heard for years. Of course he was, and,
0: and there he is on Fox News, and you'd think, oh, maybe Fox News will give me a fair hearing. But it just goes to show when
1: push comes to shove, you know, they're going to be right there with the establishment. Well— I, it's It's not like I, I didn't think that I was walking in a friendly audience. I mean, I, I think Chris Wallace is known by most people to be a, a bit of a progressive. He's one of Fox's more progressive personalities. So I felt like it would be a good opportunity, both to message to the Fox audience, of course. And also to demonstrate that <laughs> I'm not afraid of Chris Wallace. <laughs> no, you were
0: in no way. It was astonishing. And he isn't used to – he figures, all right, this is a, a young guy. I mean you, you've you just turned 30 this year, and I'll just steamroll him because he's on national television and I'm suave. And <laughs> well, but, but you just totally outclassed him. But what he was trying to get you to say was that there's a danger if crazy people get access to these guns. And the kind of answer that you seem to be giving was, well – In effect, it seemed like you were saying, that's kind of not really my problem. What we have is a fait accompli here. This is where technology is right now. And if you're going to ask me to try to scale that back, well, that can't be done. Okay, fair enough. But I want to know, what is your personal opinion, Cody Wilson, about the prospect of somebody now, given the state of technology there? It's great that we have individual ways now to protect ourselves. But on the other hand, there's some crazy person who can get a gun and go shoot it at people. I get that you're not to blame for that, but in your ideal society, let's say, how would that be managed?
1: Uh, I think there's duty. There's some implied duty on my part as a as both the manufacturer of, like, I sell equipment that helps you make guns as well, not 3D printers, but something similar, a type of mill. So I actually behind the scenes, like you know, I don't champion it or whatever. I don't like uh, call great attention to it, but I do quite a bit of security screening and participation in ATF investigations and other type of. You know, security and police investigations across the country. I, I do my part to help law enforcement you know identify one you know who is the end user of a particular machine if it's involved and in, uh, or implicated in crimes. I don't have any proof yet that any of our equipment or our guns are were involved in crimes. but I definitely you know I don't go out of my way to roadblock the state when it makes legal good faith inquiries. And I screen against GSA debarred parties and uh, foreign nationals and many categories of people who simply shouldn't, under the commerce rules, have access to this type of equipment or these files. So there's actually quite a bit of care that that's already built into the process. But I don't find that to be inspiring or meaningful in a libertarian sense. And I'd much rather break apart like the, the implied assumptions, which I think are wrong, in questions like the one you gave me. Not that I know you're just representing that point of view. You're not, you know, for argument's sake. But I don't believe that even if you are a felon or you know a crazy person or something that that actually should debar you from having access to this type of information. We're having two conversations, right? Like can you have access to the files and the, and the pure information, the general knowledge, or can you have access to the implement? and I actually find there to be a great divide um, between access to the digital information and access to the implement itself.
0: I have somebody in my well in my private group i I asked. Folks, what should I ask Cody Wilson? So because not that I don't know what to ask you, but I, I thought, let's see what is on the minds of people who are interested enough in stuff like this, that they go out of their way to follow me and they never fail. They always have really good ones. And I've already asked you a couple, but I've got somebody saying they're concerned that now that the gun issue is kind of, you know, that's the a horse that's left the stable then do you think that the next phase in attempted gun control might be ammunition? And if so, what could be done there?
1: Mm, That's brought up every single time we have one of these national gun debates. You know, um, some salon writer or something will be like, aha, but you see if we just began ammunition control. I think this is not likely from a structural point of view because there isn't already a federal framework for ammunition control. Although states like California, and uh, I know specifically California, but other states are working on New ways of basically requiring you to submit information and and perform transactions like registered firearms transactions when you buy ammunition online, but this seems to be a combination of both the ammunition control will and involvement with gun transactions online. So it's 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 already contaminated. I don't think there's frameworks in in short for controlling ammunition the same way that there are for guns, and it will take a while to build those.
0: All right, now I've got a couple of questions. I'm I'm going to throw at you at the same time. Uh, somebody wants to know. Ask if he has any interest in using 3D printing to design unique firearms other than the Liberator or enhance pre-existing designs. The implications of 3D printing are enormous. That's question one. Then secondly, ask him if he plans to bring older, long out-of-manufacture historical firearms back to life by scanning their parts.
1: Yeah, so this, this gentleman, I assume, must have read our Wired article. I mean, I have a great interest in more and more in digitizing you know, what's out there in, in analog formats or, like, media that had never quite made it to the digital, uh, just stuff that's already there. Like, a, a lot of the most successful texts of our movement are actually pretty old, you know, 19th, early 20th century texts that um, didn't quite make it. <laughs> I'd like them to make it. Um, so, a lot of my interests become, like, archival and, I don't know, encyclopedic, rather than about building the new implement itself. Like, I, I thought the Liberator satisfied every political condition of a project that could demonstrate that the internet would allow you to download guns. And I've seen a lot of the kids out there over the years while I've been involved in federal court. Remember, my first lawsuit against the feds after I built that gun, it, it lasted about five years, all told. It took a lot of time and money, and it, it doesn't leave you much time to just be in that pure creative experimental space. Uh, you have to do things for people that will make you money. I've had to pursue technologies that I can directly commercialize. Um, and then, of course, I have many employees here and stuff. So a lot of what we prototype and build are things that we think can imminently be used and be useful. So I have to regretfully leave the experimentation, especially on 3D printing, to the home user, the enthusiast, the hobbyist, you know, the bold adventurer.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, on the other hand, let's talk about, I mean, the the home enthusiast tends to be fairly Hardcore and solid on guns. It's the giant organizations like the NRA that, and the NRA is an organization that everybody's taught to hate and they're extremists and crazy. So the NRA gets apparently no credit. They get <laughs> no credit whatsoever in the public eye for all their attempts to be reasonable and show they're not like those crazy people. They get no credit for this. I don't know why they bother trying, but I'm curious to know about your opinion of the NRA's response to you.
1: Well, I think you know, I've had many years to become familiar with the NRA and, and I know board members there and I know Dana, I know a number of people there. Um, I've even had some communication with Cox and other people indirectly. I think the NRA's official position toward us is one of, you know, only communication through back channels and really trying to limit how much what we do is admitted into the discourse. I think that's not the wrong direction to take if you're the NRA, like I actually sympathize with their position as an organization. Like, they need to maintain a certain conservative messaging approach. And so they've elected, like in this particular conflict, though not to go to bat for printed guns, I wouldn't expect that. They've elected to say, look, there's already laws in the books addressing this. Everyone's overreacting. It's illegal to have an all-plastic gun. I think that's all that should be expected from them and this in this role. I'd like some help funding a lawsuit, don't get me wrong, but the NRA can't be caught with its fingers, you know, their fingerprints funding a lawsuit like this. So I don't know. I, I'm, th- I'm definitely not going to put any daylight between us. I I know that they have an interest in this change of policy, this change of law, even if it's not because it benefits the home manufacturer of guns. Where at least we at least have parallel interests at this at this point in time. So I don't think they're actively trying to hurt us.
0: I definitely want to talk about your. We will have ample time. We're definitely going to talk about that fundraiser. I want to. I really want to encourage people on that. I want to know when all the major media appearances you made. You know, within the past. Four to six weeks was there anybody you talked to at all whom you felt kind of got you, or were they all treating you like
1: you were from Mars? Um, well <laughs> of the major media I've, I've been so long I've honestly i've done this every every other year now like where there's just kind of this ex- raft of exposure to MSM personalities and you know they're just coming in it's really like Rush Limbaugh characterized it back in the day it's the drive by media there's just not the format and the and the way it's done and the, how it's produced just doesn't allow for a deep dive or acclamation, right? To what we're doing, and so I don't really think about that. Uh, no, of course, people coming in here don't understand what it is we're trying to do. So you can help shape your message, and you can avoid what any kind of obvious agenda and gotcha stuff they have, and that's really the best you can hope for. I'm sorry if that just comes across as super nihilistic, but. No, I don't know of anyone who's coming here and actually understood what the hell's going on when they walk in the door. Sometimes when they leave, they're in a more perplexed and understanding point of view. But, of course, that doesn't help them produce their pieces.
0: Right. Obviously, there are certain expectations about what they're supposed to say and they're supposed to be tut-tutting you. And uh, otherwise, how would they how would they handle themselves in the uh – in, in the employee lounge and, yeah. know, and with other, other journal, I mean, it'd just be impossible. So I, I guess I'm also curious though, just leaving aside uh, your immediate activities, what what are your influences, like philosophical influences? And by the way, we're very open-minded here on the Tom Wood show. It's okay if they're not all Murray Rothbard. I'm just curious. About, oh, I know that. You know, know wh- that.
1: what made you Cody Wilson? You've, uh, I've seen you get raked over the coals the last year too, man. You know we all got. (laughs) Jeez. And I liked how you stand up for it. You know, fortunately, at the end of the day, a lot of us, from a a really committed point of view, will will be tested this way by the I don't know the quavering emotivists of our uh, quote unquote movement. I I used to consider myself a movement libertarian when I was in college and stuff. I, Ron Paul and CPAC and all this stuff. I, you know, and and of course you, Tom. my my co-founder of Defense Distributed, Zach Cuban, was a huge Tom Woods fan when we were in school, and we would go by, you know, and get your books and stuff at the little tables the CPAC, you know. Uh, so you've been on my radar a long time. I could say, to some degree, you're a, an influence of mine because, you know, there's a Christian element uh, to your life and elite elite academic institutions, you know, that provide aspirational motivation for people who want to maintain a a connection to conservative philosophy and their libertarian activism. So I'd say that you're in there by the way. Uh, well,
0: I appreciate um, that. I wasn't fishing for that just so you know, but I do appreciate
1: <laughs> it. No, no, I know you weren't. Um, but for me though, the, 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 defining, the kind of landmark moments in my philosophical exposure were Hoppe. Hoppe was a big thing for me. And of course, before he was particularly like, I don't know, contaminated in the current discourse. Of course that doesn't bother me at all, but, um, I critical theory and, and then I found Baudrillard. And I would say like those are the, the high water marks for me for all my all my look, I don't I don't want to unpack it all, but basically like uh, Baudrillard has a his late theory, his his fatal theory. Like this stuff is directly what I do. I just try to kind of live out Baudrillard's charges to people, which are that like every project you have should be an analogy for something. It should contain elements of play and challenge. It should invite the element of chance. Um this might all sound kind of cartoonish to you but uh, I I treat it with deadly seriousness <laughs> yeah I we can go any any direction you want there but that's that's about it for me I, I spent some time with the Austrians and I discovered Hoppe. Um, I'm quite favorable to the post-marxist discourse once once the leftists finally shake away leftism and then now we, we see people like Tilos press at Stanford University and and I'm comfortable at least having conversations with these all these neo reactionaries, you're discovering the kind of post-left and post-right, post-democratic politics of the future.
0: You know, I'm curious about uh, how you would write a book like Jordan Peterson did. He wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life. I'm not going to ask you to come up with 12 rules off the top of your head, but I am fascinated by you and how you live your life. And I know you're not the type to say, I'm going to lay down some rules and you all should live like me. But are, are there certain, are there certain guiding Principles by which you do lead your life, or you say, Look, I'm gonna do this, and that under no circumstances yeah. am I gonna do that ever. I'll never do that.
1: Um, yeah, maybe I, I haven't actually tried to create a system, yeah, but. I
0: know, but I'm trying to pull that out of you because I know it's in there. I know, I mean, the, somebody who stands up to the media the way you did is guided by something,
1: sure, sure. Well, I mean, for, for me, the media is a creature right? Like something that you should fear, of course, but like you can understand it. And with the right theory that you can make predictions (laughs) that will be accurate based on it. Like the media can only be what it is. Right. And of course we're all raised in the media here. I'm a, I'm an older millennial. Like we have certain understandings of what the media is. So you can be comfortable with that. And if I was, if I sat around here hoping that they'd get the story right all the time, I'd be greatly disappointed. And if that was actually an element of my activism, I would be a clown. But you can understand. Or like, I'll, I'll go out of my way to not do shows like yours, Tom, and not do gun-friendly media. Like I want those engagements with the cartoonish circus mainstream media, right? Like that's where I want to do do battle half the time. Now, some of that's just my personality, but some of it's also recognizing it. This is where uh this is where the great conflict and you know the great dissonance in culture can be produced. Now, that's actually not hugely important to me. Here is something important I can just mine for you right now. You know, like a uh, Hayek. The conceit of knowledge, this whole idea that uh, I think a big, a big division between progressive ideology, the religion of man, and mature political philosophy and economic insight is that there are no systems capable of digesting and programming and knowing everything simultaneously. Though we have to understand that it is the will and it is the ambition of all great systems to produce this type of knowledge, even if it's not real, the production of such quote-unquote knowledge is still on the agenda. But we should understand that, like uh, we can't know the world, we can't efficiently plan the world, we can't we should not pursue social engineering. We should you know, these are all just uh, mainstays, and principles that I've taken from uh, conservative thought and conservative economic, rational thought. But I then take it a step further, which is that, like you actually have to go to war with anyone who would rationalize the universe, and your greatest, you know, your greatest ally really, is that the world itself, resists being understood <laughs> and contained and an element of your activism, at least if you're a technologist, like I am an element of your activism should be the new internet effects like the Streisand effect and the fact that networks defeat attempted restriction. And right. Like we have, we have the objective irony of the universe on our side. The universe doesn't want to be conquered and governed. and We can use that uh, for us rather than against us.
0: All right. Let's talk about where you are right now, legally and that's an opportunity for you to talk about the fundraiser that's going on. Where do things stand for you and how people can help you?
1: Well, <laughs> I, I ran one lawsuit for many years, mostly out of my own pocket. And now I'm being sued. It's lawfare. It's pure lawfare. I'm, I'm being sued in four different federal venues across the country. I'm being sued by the Pennsylvania Attorney General in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. How can a state bring a federal claim like this? I, I don't know you know, you still have to go to court for years about it. Even so, I'm being sued in New Jersey state court by the New Jersey attorney general who would dare to make the claim that hosting a website in Texas somehow violates New Jersey state law. What else? And then 21 states are suing me in Washington. And uh, this is that attorney general who sues Trump every single time Trump does something. So I'm I'm caught up in the the great production of Trump law out there in the ninth circuit now. So I know that I'm going to get Kicked around the Ninth Circuit for ages, even though, again, these states can't even prove that they have Article Three standing for this controversy. So it's a beautiful thing where, like, I'm actually in a, a position of real strength from the law everywhere you look. But that won't prevent me from having to spend years and blood and fortune and everywhere you look. So I have a I have a fundraiser at defcad.com, and um, I'm going for two weeks right now. I'm getting private commitments and public commitments. I think I can I can fund it for the next couple of years, no problem. Just just by the end of the month. If uh, everyone's involved and we'll spread the word and spread the video, the stakes couldn't possibly be higher because these people have just decided, look, we're we're going to say that there's no First Amendment value in any type of computer-aided code, right? Any type of design file, like, nope, no First Amendment protection. Because if, if you could use a computer to create a shape of a gun, well, then I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. And we have to prove that, that code isn't speech so that we can control what you do with a computer. Uh, that's that's literally where these people are. So stakes couldn't be higher from a digital libertarian point of view.
0: So is there, any, is there any point where you say this is overwhelming and I just have to throw in the towel or is it, is it manageable?
1: Mm, I don't know. I mean, uh, I hate to say it this way, but I wouldn't be any kind of man if I hadn't had the original challenge. Like when I made the printed gun, I was immediately challenged and threatened for prosecution by the, the Obama State Department. That was a huge thing to fall in my head when I was just kind of one guy. And that enormous challenge is what made me have to build a manufacturing company and become responsible and meet a payroll, right? Like I had to find half a million dollars. No one's just going to give that to you. You have to produce it. And so as perverse as it sounds, I actually am welcoming of this challenge. I, I think it can easily destroy me and bankrupt me, but I like the idea that maybe I could become excellent enough to, to also defeat this.
0: So give people the, the website again where they can help you out because they should help you out. Um, you can go to defcad.com. So that's, that was
1: where we were. So that's D-E-F-C-A-D dot com. Mm-hmm. Defcad.com. We're raising money in Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and, and USD, of course. And your donations can actually be tax deductible here. You don't just have to give away your money. Um, I'm not expecting that. But the Second Amendment Foundation is a co-plaintiff and co-defendant of ours. They're responsible for a lot of the good Second Amendment law in the country, namely Heller and McDonald and they just defeated Washington State you know, on the ballot initiative. They, they defeated Chicago. They, you know, they get Rahm Emanuel to pay them money. Like, they're very good at, and, and conscious about producing good Second Amendment law across the country. Um, and they're, they're helping guide the ship here. So this isn't just like Cody Wilson and his weird team of lawyers. Like I have the best Second Amendment and First Amendment lawyers that there are on our side in, in the appellate courts. And, of course, they're not cheap, but we get the results that, that we expect. And in the end, we'll get them here too. It's just, it's going to cost a lot of money.
0: Wow. So they really can't, I mean, part of, uh, you know, I guess I was maybe conceiving of this the wrong way. I was thinking, look, this information is already out there. There's nothing they can do about that. Well, what are they going to do? Really? How, how are they going to stop this information from being spread? But what they can do is make your life miserable. And I, I discounted that, I think.
1: Well, I mean, thank you for saying so. And I, again, I don't want people to be greatly like, I don't know. Uh, sad for me, like I've got a fighting chance and I get the fights that I ask for, right? I certainly invited this challenge in some way. All these states accepted the fight on my own terms. They got so mad because uh, I was out there in the press with a picture of, you know, a headstone with the words gun control on it. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not just going to sit there and accept this symbolic challenge and this is actually part of my activism. I understand that they won't and it leads to overreach and it leads to desperate knee-jerk reactions where, again, like, the claims that they've made are, and I'm sorry, but piss poor, right? These aren't even, these aren't even intelligible legal claims in these many venues. And I think that there's every room for them to be, or there's every opportunity for them to be corrected and for me to be vindicated and, and for the glory to be greater. But, um, you still have to, you still have to survive the initial nuke from orbit, you know? Yeah. Jeez,
0: that's rough, man. That's rough. So you've got to start in terms of the the fundraising, but how are you? Publicizing the fact that you need help.
1: Uh, well, I'm doing shows like yours. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
0: really, you, that's the thing. You got to. I, I have an friends and tell list.
1: them. Okay, good. You have an email list. That's good. I have an email list, so I put that out. I just put this out yesterday. I mean, this just started yesterday. Oh,
0: fantastic. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I got a video up, and I think the video will have a strong word of mouth, and it's landing where it needs to. It's registering with the with the gun owning public and stuff, but. You know, I've been limited over the years. This is not going to surprise you, but i I'm not really able to boost my posts on Facebook. I can't advertise uh, on any significant or major channels. Uh, I can't use most payment processors. I've been thoroughly banned on wow, most platforms wow. over the years. Um, it's just how it is, right? Now, of course, it doesn't prevent me from acting, but it certainly limits my reach, so I have to I have to wait on these moments like where the mainstream media comes to me. And I've done okay with that. you know i've I've survived with these, this weird cycle, this weird method. So I trust it. And,
0: uh, Well, let me ask you about I, that. I, but let me ask you about mm-hmm. that particular thing. I mean, uh, I think people are maybe tired of talking about social media and the I mean, censorship's a weird word in this situation, but, but deplatforming and all that. And I'm sure you've had plenty to say about it, but in your particular case, you've actually faced it. I, I am happy to say that so far, I'm, compared to you I'm small potatoes I wouldn't be worth anybody's while so I'm I'm safe or at least for the time that's being
1: It's wishful. wishful thinking Tom well, as long as
0: you're out there being you know as as uh as public about the stuff you're doing that's getting a lot of the attention So I guess my question is um, how do you feel about that I mean you're you're a technology guy mm. but you're not involved in building alternative platforms do you think alternative platforms are the way forward or fighting well, you the way into the old ones or what
1: uh, it's I actually did build an alternative platform last year for people that were kicked off of um the website Patreon, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Patreon, but that's that's I, a way that uh, you I can don't, make money. I don't use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have
0: my own thing that I can't be kicked off. Of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is good. I uh I built a service called Patreon. For, you uh, built that. <laughs> that was me. You're, yeah. you're crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now listen, I built that though for you know distinct distinct reason. I needed to both understand how to you know maintain the right payments relationships and and undergo the, the extreme hosting challenges of something like that, right? Where you're going to be actively attempted to be hacked and brought down every day. And I I did that for about six months. It was very very hard, but I actually learned a lot of lessons. And I was proud that I was able to stand up for the speech interests of all these people, even even villains like Richard Spencer and Andrew Anglin. I, I was certainly grateful that I could I could send the money and help them, you know, reach their audience and stuff. In the end, it wasn't enough because uh, Visa itself shut us down. So you can't really, you know, it's like God God pronounced that we couldn't do it. So I think there's certain platforms that just can't be built in the current environment. Um, there's you know, you'll just be terminated by your own success. But yeah, if, if any. If anyone's motivated enough, I think you can maintain, you can you find... Say- yeah, but what would you say? Go ahead.
0: Wouldn't there be some way you could do that with cryptocurrency?
1: Yeah, but the the big thing in crypto right now is that there aren't pull, there isn't really pull technology. And a lot of these people simply want a platform that they can have reliable income you know, on a subscription basis. And um, a lot of this can't really be built in crypto right now. You can remind people every month to send you money, but a lot of people want to set up automatic processes. You know how it is. This is reliable, something that you can count on next month. And, you know, a credit card authorization vaulted in a, in a web app is like, it's much more, you know, that's the, that's the brass ring right now.
0: I have to, since I didn't know about this other thing, I, I have to ask you about it a little bit. Um, I have to say one thing I like about you, as I've made clear from the beginning, is you, you know how you walk around the mall and you see probably 10% of the kids wearing a shirt saying, I don't care. or, you know, I don't give a F or whatever, but you know what they do? (laughs) Almost all of them do. They're, they're all just posing. They really do care. Sure. But you don't, I mean, you don't care almost in a, at a level. It's like you're in the stratosphere of not caring. I mean, (laughs) mean, you just mentioned the names of two people who are completely toxic in the minds of everybody. And you said, I was trying to give them a platform and, and you don't care. So I guess I want to Try to back that a little bit. <laughs> Whatever, why you don't care? And secondly, what about people who say, but look, Cody, these people are toxic and they're trying to spread terrible ideas. And, you know, yeah, yeah, we're all in favor of free speech as long as they're talking about the weather or something. But but we don't want that ah, kind of that's speech. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: There it is. There it is. You know, yeah, everybody's brave to protect free speech when it's useless speech or inoffensive. I'm I'm inspired by different moments in living memory for me, like Christopher Hitchens, great defense of Holocaust denial and everything. Why? Not because he is a Holocaust denier, but because he would, he would never, he would never give, I don't know, credit to a a regime of law, which could, which could penalize you for denying the facts. You know, it's, it's a, I I don't, it's so distasteful to even consider laws like hate speech laws and Holocaust denial laws. And, you know, this just isn't, this, these aren't the fruits of the enlightenment. Of course, some people in the philosophy would say like, uh, Yes, it is, and this is why the Enlightenment, you know, must be abandoned. But uh, I, I like to both have direct engagement with uh, the panoply of extremist ideas, right? Like, I mean, I've met Assange in the embassy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've been with. Uh, I try to, I try to have a congress with anybody doing like important things, or at least being at like the edge of the things that I care about, you know, speech and, and printing and, and all this stuff, but. Uh, look, all I can say is that, like, I actually do have a, a deep care for, yeah, you know, the English, the English experience of of free speech and that tradition, like the intro to the Age of Reason, and you know, like the the rights of man, like all this, this discourse, this matters to me. And like when CNN would come interview me about Patreon, all I would give them, I would give them these quotes, right, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, how can you want to believe that?" But all I was doing was recycling Tom Paine, right? Like I was just giving them like Blackstone and like th- things that were. Uh, You know, the the noble expressions of like English republicanism (laughs) from, you know, hundreds of years ago. And of course, I see a brief like like I have in Washington State where these state attorney generals are attacking me. And they go, Cody Wilson is a crazed anarchist. He believes that. And then they quote me, He believes that government should fear the people. Okay, well, that's simply an apocryphal Jefferson quote, right? Like we're this far from the shore that like I can repeat American republicanism uh, and its antecedents and be called a radical. In federal court,
0: I have to say one final thing before we go. You are a hero to a lot of people, and I know that I can tell from your personality that that's certainly that's not what you're shooting for, and that's not the important driving thing in your life. But it's a fact. I mean, I'm just telling you a fact. People think that guy, both for his contributions and for his fearlessness, is somebody to emulate. But at the same time, you're as I said, you're so fearless that it's almost at a in a in a category of its own. I would think that even though, okay, I mean, I don't know how to classify you, but you certainly have plenty of libertarian leanings. I can't imagine there are official libertarians who are comfortable
1: with you. You don't get invited <laughs> to speak. You don't. You don't get given a platform well, by these people. Am I right I about do. that? Okay, so tell no, me. I tell, do. tell
0: me who's who's invited you.
1: Well, I, I won't name names, but yeah, yeah, I get invited to libertarian. Um, party conventions oh, party, oh, oh that's good okay party the state conventions all good the time. good
0: good good that's you know, good and, to hear and of
1: course that's good i've had these i get i still get conference invitations although i'm not as popular as i used to be with like the students for liberty and other yeah, things yeah, because that, that's a you know my my associations with the alt right i think are are considered poisonous but look this is just uh, whatever i don't even want to th- throw on these people i get it like this is this is the student idealisms of and frankly like that you could even come out of university cultures right now with even the identity of libertarian that's strong enough yeah. i don't i don't need to ask you to accept the hard medicine that is you know me in reality <laughs> so you have time you have time to understand that what we're doing is actually the fight that you should care about i don't need you to understand that when you're when you're 20 well in any
0: case uh, so it sounds to me like i've only i didn't even realize i was scratched there was a, more of a surface to scratch here so i guess we could have uh, continued on Let, let's leave people uh wondering a bit. We can talk again in the future, but I will um, definitely link at TomWoods.com slash 1224, which is our episode number today. Uh, TomWoods.com slash 1224. will have a link to DefCAD.com and um, to our previous conversation about all this and anything else you'd like linked to there, you know,
1: that's not going to get
0: me put in prison. <laughs> I'd be glad to
1: <laughs> put up there for you. Thank you. I think a link to DefCAD would be fine. And, and I, another thing I want to say is in parting, I guess is that I, I don't consider this like uh, just the pursuit of extremism for, for its own sake, like I care about winning, and um, it's not just like uh, interesting to me to talk about a world of printed guns, right I wanted to actively create that world, literally thwart gun control and in so far as like what we've talked about today, building, building alternative platforms, I want to know that uh, in the face of all this censorship and this opposition and corporate control, I want to know that there's ways out and that we can defend other people. And if, and if I couldn't do that for them, it would rob me of the security of knowing that I could do it for myself. And unfortunately, in the current state of affairs, I think we all see and know that we we can't do it for ourselves. And that's something that we desperately need to remedy.
0: Well, Cody, thanks again. Uh, DefCAD.com is where everybody should go and uh, we'll keep following you. Thanks so much.
1: Uh, pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right, folks, before I let you go, I'd just like to remind you that that Episode that I told you I was going to do covering Elizabeth Warren's so called plan to save capitalism, I have indeed decided to transfer that over and make that into an episode of Contra Krugman instead. Contra Krugman, of course, is the podcast I do just once a week, unlike this one, which is five times a week. It's co hosted by Bob Murphy, and we go through a Paul Krugman column each week. Well, this week I think I just want to go after that Elizabeth Warren plan to save capitalism. And I'll be doing that with a couple of co-hosts, as a matter of fact. So if you haven't started listening to Contra Krugman, now's the time. Well, there's never a bad time to listen to Contra Krugman, is there? ContraKrugman.com is the website. Give it a shot. You're going to love it. Tell your friends about it. And that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free. And we'll see you next time.